2: This is Utah Weekly Forum, a public affairs show dedicated to learning more about the issues affecting our lives and health and exploring the resources available in our diverse communities to help. Here's your host, Rebecca Cressman.
3: Well, hi, it's Rebecca, and I am so glad that you're able to join us today with Utah Weekly Forum. And it is sunnier time of the year, and we have melanoma rates in Utah that are very concerning. So we're going to dedicate this show to talking about skin cancer awareness and skin care with Dr. Grace Brummer. She is a dermatologist with Swinier Woseth Dermatology. Dr. Brummer, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be able to come on and talk a little bit more about, about skin cancer, which is a huge part of my practice and a huge part of what I'm treating patients for every single day.
3: So when you say it's a huge part of your practice, does that mean it reflects that we have, is it, is melanoma, do we have the highest rate of melanoma in the country?
1: Yes, you're exactly right. So Utah has the unfortunate distinction of having the highest rate of melanoma in the nation, and it's at a rate more than double the national average. And despite increased public awareness, the most recent data actually shows that Utah's melanoma rate has continued to rise steadily every year, more than doubling in the past seventeen years. And so it's still very much a problem and still very much like a public health issue, especially here in Utah.
3: So for those of us and I have had some experience with cancer, but not melanoma. What is melanoma and why is it so dangerous?
1: So melanoma is is a type of skin cancer that arises from the cells in your skin that, that cause moles, essentially. So they're called melanocytes, and they, when you know something goes wrong with their DNA, they start multiplying, and they can really, really cause problems. Not only locally in the skin, but the most dangerous part about melanoma is that it's easily able to spread to other parts of your body if left untreated. It can go to the lungs, it can go to the brain, it can go to the liver. And so it's certainly something that if you're going to develop it, we want to catch it early. And that is where your dermatologist comes into play. Um, I'm doing skin checks on people. It's probably at least 50% of the patients I'm seeing every day are what we call skin checks. You come in, you get fully undressed. I look you over head to toe. We address any concerns you have about your skin, but mostly I'm looking for any spots any lesions, anything on your skin that's concerning to me.
3: Now, as we talk about, you know, skin cancer and cancer awareness, a lot of us are educated and, hmm, colonoscopies, I think I need to start that at 50. Mammograms, I probably need to start those at 40. When do we start skin checks? And then tell us how getting in and getting seen regularly helps us um, with the diagnosis of skin cancer, finding it early, for example.
1: Oh, that's a a great question. So what we recommend is that after the age of 30, you should be seen yearly for a total body skin examination. And if you have a strong family history of skin cancer or you're someone that, you know, unfortunately used a lot of canning beds in your teens or 20s, um, you may want to start those yearly checks sooner. There's certainly no harm um, in coming in earlier and starting those annual checks Sooner, which is nice and, and different than some of the other screening exams we do. You know, a colonoscopy is not without kind of a risk. Um, but a skin check really has no risk besides maybe a little bit of time off work. <laughs>
3: and, <laughs> which is always a good thing. Let me just say that. Taking some time off from work is, <laughs> a,
1: is a good thing. Exactly. Have a, You know, take a little afternoon for yourself. Go see your dermatologist. Now, um, but... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say,
3: let's talk about that. Like what those regular checks can help, um, um, help, how those regular checks help you as a practitioner and help us as a patient.
1: Oh, yes. So the reason you want to be seen yearly and not just wait until you think there might be an issue with your skin is with melanoma and even with other types of non-melanoma skin cancers, those are called basal cell, squamous cell. If you catch them early you have a much better chance of having a smaller surgery. And with melanoma, if you catch it early, I mean, if you catch your melanoma early and you get it out and it's excised, you have a 99% survival rate at five years. If you wait and the melanoma has, you know, grown larger and gone down deeper in your skin, that survival rate at five years dramatically drops off. And so the reason you come in every year is so if there's anything new on your skin, your dermatologist catches it early.
3: You know, I've heard, uh, Dr. Brummer, that people say, okay, skin is the largest organ on the human body. And and I think most of us don't ha- didn't have that understanding of, like, we could see something on our arm or, you know, lip or somewhere else and think it's only on the surface. But as a dermatologist, you know, cancer doesn't operate that way, right? It kind of, it can go down, down, down and enter the rest of our body. Hmm.
1: Yes. No, exactly. And that's where the concern comes in. Of course, you know, people don't like to have a scar on their skin and and, and that's that's concerning. But the most concerning thing is kind of exactly when that skin cancer, that melanoma decides to spread deeper and go into other parts of your body. And that's when you really start to have have the issues. Well, I want to
3: avoid that. Well, and I I was really glad to know that you're. Uh, accepting new patients. So I booked my first appointment and my first check, a skin check with Dr. Grace Brummer. And here I am in my 50s. I've had one check and I thought, oh my goodness, of all the things that I've taken care of in my health, I have not taken you know diligent care of my skin and I grew up on the coast in the beach uh, you know exposed to the sunshine so let's talk about risk factors so I'm assuming I got freckles I grew up in the sunshine at the beach nearly daily and did that put me at higher risk of skin cancer
1: it it does. Unfortunately, you know, back in the back in the 80s, 70s, even into the 90s, the the kind of the going line was, oh, you need a healthy tan. You know, you need this healthy tan. Get this base tan. It protects you going forward. And that's just that's just not true. Um, and thankfully, I do think there is a shift now in kind of more public education surrounding both sunscreen and the risks of the sun. But for a long time, there wasn't that dialogue. And so a lot of my patients I'm seeing are exactly, exactly they have your story. They spent a lot of time on the beach or even here in Utah. We're at such a high altitude that we are getting a lot of UV that is a high UV index. We're getting a lot of UV sun exposure, even when you don't think you are. On these cloudy days, on these days where it doesn't feel necessarily hot, 80% of those UV rays are coming through those clouds. And so we are, we're up closer to that ozone layer and um, we're we're getting a lot of, of exposure that way. And then beyond even just, you know, natural sunlight and sun exposure, for a long time, you know, tanning beds were really popular and unfortunately still are popular today. Although I do think, Um, Due to the kind of education around skin cancer, their popularity is decreasing, at least in the patients that I'm seeing. Um, But tanning bed use, especially regular tanning bed use, is one of the absolute highest risk factors for skin cancer, especially in the younger population. I just had a patient come in um, a couple months ago. She's young. She's in her early 30s, and she just wanted a regular skin check. She didn't think there was anything, you know, particular that she was concerned about. So I looked her over her head to toe, and we found two skin cancers on her face. And after, I know, and after, you know, I kind of talked to her about it and said I was concerned about them and dove a little bit more into her history, well, it turns out she used having beds very regularly from about the age 15 to the age of 23. And it's just a high, high high-risk activity. And so... That's, those, are some of, those are some of the risk factors you know, here in Utah, unfortunately. It's interesting because the message has
3: gotten out, right? Just like for years, uh, the message was you smoke and you in- dramatically not only increase your risk of lung cancer, but every other cancer. And, you know, hard. And it took a while for us to kind of change, uh, you know, generations acceptance of smoking, realizing this is a real danger for us. Tanning beds. The message got out and it's nice to see that we're seeing some behavior change. But I went in to get a spray tan, which is the safest way for me to get a tan or put it on my, um, you know, put lotion on, etc. And there was a friend of mine, my age, and she covered her eyes and she said, you don't see me. I'm here getting my my weekly um, tanning bed session. (laughs) (laughs) And oh no. <laughs> <laughs> have her listen to this forum okay send it her way and i said oh yeah no you shouldn't be doing that girl um oh you God. know and I'll, i should just say is it safe for us to get spray tans is it safe for us to put those kind of lotions that tint our skin
1: absolutely that, i'm actually glad you brought that up because that's something that i'm telling a lot of my younger patients these you know teenage girls and boys and even even in their early 20s i'm like hey you can be whatever color you want to be, but just get it through a lotion. Get it through a spray. Don't get it from the UV rays. No, spray tans are great um, in terms of when it comes to your skin health. Um, the You know, the rub-on tanning lotions or foams, those are also very good safe ways. Those are not going to increase your risk of skin cancer in any way. And it's nice. You can put your sunscreen right on top of it, and you've still got that nice brown you know, bronze glow, as
3: they say. Yeah, I just bought a moisturizer that uh, you guys actually uh, sell. <laughs> that I bought it from you, uh, a tinted moisturizer, amazing. right, with with the SPF 50. Let's talk about sunscreen because that is, you know, we've talked about those of us who are out in the sunshine, either intentionally boating or beaching or just realizing we live in a high altitude and if we're doing yard work, we're getting exposed to UV rays, tanning bits, a no-no as well. Let's talk about basic skin cancer prevention steps um that we can take and i know you feel really strongly with sunscreen but for those who just joined us i want to um introduce to you again dr grace brummer she is a dermatologist with swineer vote and there are two offices one in holiday is it south jordan is that the second location
1: Yep. South Jordan, that's actually where I'm at today while we're recording. So right. daybreak, So
3: that's where you can go and get your skin checks. But how important is sunscreen in particular with um, our risk of skin cancer?
2: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. In the face of an international disaster decades in the making, that's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at KSLPodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
1: Oh, sunscreen is, is the most important thing you can be putting on your skin, at least SPF 30, and you're going to want uh sunscreen that is called a broad spectrum sunscreen. So that means you are blocking the UVA rays and the UVB rays. Thankfully, most sunscreens out there kind of automatically do that, but you want to make sure that you've got a broad spectrum sunscreen. Those UVA rays, those are the rays that are causing kind of the the aging aspects from the sun. So a little bit less skin cancer risk, but definitely more in terms of the wrinkles, the sunspots, the things that you don't you don't want as you get older, and that the sun causes. UVA rays come right through the window glass, and they are they are. Um they're not great. They're not great for your skin. UVB rays, those are the ones that are causing the actual skin cancer. All right. And so those, wait, hang on tights,
3: um, Dr. Brummer. You said it comes through the window. In other words, while we're driving in our car, UVA yeah, UVA exactly. rays come and they are affecting the aging and the, the health of our skin.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm, okay. They are. And so people think, well, I, I don't go outside much, you know, if I'm I'm just driving to, the, driving to the store, I'm just driving around. I I don't really spend a lot of time outside. That's something that a lot of my patients tell me. And I have to kind of reeducate them and say, you know what? You're in your car. You are getting rays of sun coming right through those windows. It's affecting your skin. And then when I show them, I, I'll show them, I'll show them their face. I'll show them their left arm compared to their right arm. That left side of your body that's facing, you know, the window in your car It has more sunspots. It has a higher rate of skin cancer on the left side of the body. And that is from driving. That is from the UV rays coming in through that window while you're driving. And people, when I show them that, they're comparing their left hand to their right hand. They're like, oh, my goodness. You're right. I can see that difference. And it's something they had never thought about before.
3: Wow. That is stunning. I can envision a lot of people listening right now and doing what I just did. I just looked at it. Wow. I do have more freckles on my left side. You <laughs> know. And then I do oh, on my right side. I interrupted you. Please forgive me. UVB rays. Those are the ones yes. that are actually responsible for the formation of cancer on our skin.
1: Correct. UVB rays. So those are the ones that are going to be affecting the DNA in your skin cells. Those are the ones that are going to be causing um, more of those skin cancers to grow. So, and that, so that's that's why it's important to make sure you have a um, skin cancer that, or excuse me, sunscreen uh, that is blocking both of those rays. And and those, thankfully, are typically a little bit more blocked by window glass, but. So a little bit of it is getting
3: through. All right. But when we're outdoors in particular, making sure we put on that sunscreen, let's talk about the different types of skin cancer. You know what to look for when someone presents themselves a patient to, you know, for their skin check. But let's talk about the different types of skin cancer and how we could maybe spot them because, you know, we're looking at our body much more frequently throughout the year.
1: Yes. I encourage my patients to... And You know, do a little self-exam every few months. Just make sure that you're kind of, you know, aware of what's going on on your skin and on your body. So when it comes to melanoma specifically, let's talk about that first. That's going to be a mole on your body that is changing in some ways. And the kind of easy uh, nuance we use is A, B, C, D, and E. And those are the things you look for on a mole that might be concerning. A stands for asymmetry. So a mole that's asymmetrical or different from side to side. B stands for a border, so an irregular border, meaning it's not just perfectly round. It kind of has, you know, a tail going off in one direction. C is color, either multiple colors or changes in color. D is diameter. Anything larger than a pencil eraser is something that maybe warrants a second look. And then E encompasses kind of the previous four. It stands for evolving. So anything, you know, any mold that's changing in any way uh, maybe is worthy of a trip to your dermatologist to have them check it out. But then beyond even melanoma, and I know that's what we're focusing on, there's, there's non-melanoma skin cancers. So those are those basal cell carcinomas or squamous cell carcinomas, which I mentioned earlier. And those can be very dangerous as well, or they are very dangerous as well. Those tend to show up on your skin in a little bit different manner. They're typically a sore that doesn't heal or a spot that is persistently kind of flaking. Um, or a spot that kind of comes and goes. You know, it's there for a couple of weeks and then it kind of goes away and you don't think much of it, but then all of a sudden it's back again. So those are the things that I encourage my patients to look for on their skin in between visits with me.
3: And even as you describe that, I think I do have a patch like that on the top of my nose,
1: <laughs> which there I'll be you having you t- uh,
3: take a look at. Now, where do where should we check for skin cancer growth? Is it always just in the area most exposed, your arms or your face, et cetera, or where?
1: Oh, okay. Another great question, because I think that this can be a little bit of a misnomer. Absolutely. UV exposure increases your rate for skin cancer. So the places with the highest rate of skin cancers are head and neck and like forearms, essentially. And because those are the places getting the most sun. And in women, the chest is also a very, very common place that I see skin cancers. Again, just because um, of the type of clothing we wear, often women's chests are kind of more exposed. And so um, those are the places where, yes, overwhelmingly, those are the highest rates of skin cancer that I see. However, you can get skin cancer anywhere. I have found skin cancer places where my patient is shocked. They're like, the sun has never seen that side of my body or that part of my body. And um, that's where kind of, you know, the interplay of genetics comes in when it comes to skin cancer. And, And that's why I always ask my patients about their family history, you know. Mom and dad, siblings, who has had skin cancer in your family? Because genetics does play a role, although UV exposure is is the biggest culprit for sure.
3: Do we know if there is a genetic mutation? You know, like we have BRCA1 and BRCA2 when it comes to breast cancer. Do we have any identified gene mutation that, um, that has been found to correlate with skin cancer?
1: Yes, they have found some. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely have. Um, And there can be correlations with melanoma. They can run in families that also get pancreatic cancer, breast cancer. There are similar uh, gene mutations. Um, a, there isn't always, but there absolutely can be. So if there is a strong family history of melanoma, in addition to some of those other cancers, we often are doing gene testing, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And also, though, like you said, the number one risk factor for us, though, is our exposure to sunlight. And in most of our lives, we're out in it and we're living in high elevation, which is, you know, something to think about. Um, this is Dr. Grace Brummer with Swinier Woseth. We have just about five minutes together and we're talking about skincare cancer awareness um let's talk about when you do find something that's concerning uh you know a mole that is changing you're seeing borders or or whatever what is the process uh for a patient like what do you do to confirm whether or not that's cancer
1: so what we do is you know as i'm doing my skin exam and i'm finding spots i'm worried about i'm always talking the patient through my my thought process my my medical assistants always say you're giving them too much information, but I I like to make sure my patients kind of know exactly what I'm thinking. And so what we do is find a spot that I'm worried about, and the next step is biopsy. So what that means is I'm, I'm numbing the area with a little shot. I'm taking a piece of that skin, and we send it into our pathology lab. Uh, And then that allows us to look at it under the microscope. We're literally looking at the skin cells themselves under the microscope and looking for cancerous changes or anything like that. Um, It takes about a week to get results back. And as soon as we get them back, we have our answer. And I'm calling the patient to let them know, okay, it was nothing to worry about. It ended up being, you know, a normal a treatment plan if it was something that's cancerous or dangerous.
3: And when you say treatment plan, do the individuals with melanoma get treated with chemotherapy or
1: immunotherapy? What is the typical treatment? Well, the really great thing about melanoma treatment is how advanced it's come in the last 10 and even 15 years. You know, 20 years ago, a melanoma diagnosis was was sort of almost like a death sentence. But we have immunotherapy now, and people are doing really, really well, even even when these melanomas are caught at later stages. So if we catch melanoma at an earlier stage – Um, sometimes all we need to do is cut it out. We remove it from the skin. Then we have skin checks really regularly after that, every three to six months even, um, to make sure nothing's coming back and nothing else is popping up. If the melanoma, you know, we found it, but it has gone a little bit deeper by the time we have found it. Then you're thinking about, um, depending on how deep it's gone, do we need to check lymph nodes? Do we need to do radiation? And then, of course, once it has spread to other parts of the body, um, then you're thinking about chemotherapy. And specifically with melanoma, we are doing something um, called immunotherapy where we're able to target kind of the genetic differences in the melanoma with these drugs that are very specific for those genetic mutations. It's actually amazing. And I think it's the way that all cancer treatment is going, where you are going to have medications that are targeting your gene mutations in your specific cancer. And that's where we're at with melanoma. So it's actually, from a scientific perspective, really, really incredible to see the <laughs> kind of the advances that have been made in melanoma. Treatment.
3: That's 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 stunning. And and for those who are just listening, I've learned more about genetics uh, simply from my own cancer journey. But it's, so it's not just our own DNA that has genetic markers in it, but a tumor. Or uh, cancerous growth has its own genetic formation, <laughs> right? And so that's what's being that's looked. Exactly. That, that's what's being looked at is what is this type of melanoma on this person's body? What is it made of? And what medications or what med- treatments most effectively treat that for them? So that's that targeted, individualized approach, and 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 that's a stunning innovation in in cancer research.
1: Wow not agree more. No, it's been really, really heartening honestly to see the advances made and then that translate to increased patient survival rates.
3: Well, for those who've just joined us, this is Dr. Grace Brummer, a new new dermatologist with Swinier-Woseth with offices in Holiday and offices in South Jordan. Dr. Brummer, if someone wants to reach out to a dermatologist at Swinier-Woseth, where, how, what's the best way for them to do that so they can schedule their skin check or they can have a growth on their body that they're concerned about checked out?
1: Well, you can either go to our website. It's dwoses, um dot com, or you can of course call and um, make an appointment. We have we have an amazing office staff and schedulers, and they'll get you right in. I'm accepting new patients. Most of the providers. Um, here are accepting new patients and we actually just had a new one join and so people are getting in pretty quickly if there's something on your skin that you're worried about call and come see us because the sooner you get it checked out the better for sure
3: yeah the better overall for everything from the least damage to your skin the smaller the scar and the less chance you have that that cancer can develop into a more serious one dr grace bromer thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of utah weekly forum
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's
2: been a pleasure. Utah Weekly Forum is produced by KSFI FM 100.3 in Salt Lake City, a Bonneville International station. Subscribe to the Utah Weekly Forum podcast online and email us at rebecca at fm100.com.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.